Hi everybody, welcome to High Octane Hour, episode 8, featuring James, Kuba, and we have Ben over here. How you going guys? So Ben, um, me and you have an interesting history, uh, should we get straight into it or? I don't think there is another way to get into it, is it? Interesting's a pretty good word for it. So how long ago was it now? Um, end of 2017, I think. Yeah, the whole timeline of my life around that area is a bit haphazardous, but I'll take your word for it. Sounds about right to me. Yeah, I, I walked in. Um, I walked into a rehab in. I'm not going to say where it was, um, for obvious reasons. I wasn't sober. The Sydney, say Sydney. There's enough of them in Sydney. Yeah, I didn't just walk in for no reason. Um, I was there to get clean, and uh, this is a really chaotic time in my life, and I was really lucky to actually end up there. Um, a mate sort of showed me the door. He had been there before. And I walked in full of confidence, full of testosterone. <laughs> and uh, they admitted was it, nat- me. it was natural though. You're yeah. on Natty. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I was like, fuck, I guess I'm here, right? And um, yeah, I remember being in there and realizing, all right, fuck, here I am. Uh, what do I do now? And then I just, first thing I see is a bunch of blokes... I think I saw you, Ben, and maybe old mate uh, with the curly hair, who I haven't spoken to for a while. Was it a mirror? Is that the spray painter or the other one? Um, the the the, uh, <laughs> the guy that talks about point uh, seven speed. I don't know if you remember him. Vaguely, some characters. Yeah, yeah, really, really nice guy. Um, likes oysters. You know who I'm talking oh, about. Yes. Rods are pushy. Uh, probably does now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so these boys are working out and then Ben comes up to me. He's like, hey, bro, you want to come train? First first minute I'm there. Um, so I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. They're doing push-ups and sit-ups and squats and all that sort of thing. So that was kind of my introduction to the rehab. And it was a really good one, man. You, you, got, you boys made me feel really welcome. Yeah, sweet. I actually, um, I remember that story and I remember that session. But the, when I... um all the misses about how we met uh i've got to, i remember a different story so like i said the timeline's a bit out but i was muttering down to myself walking through one of the corridors just trying to entertain myself going if you were scared motherfucker go to church and then you've popped your goofy head around the corner and chimed in so yeah i remember something like that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's the one that sticks in my mind do you want to give a short introduction about yourself and what led you to this point yeah so um Fuck, it was a bit of a bit of a path getting there. Um, pretty much, like I did my time in the in the army, and that really taught me how to drink um, down in trade school, uh, which was down in Aubrey for two and a half years. Um, let me say this straight away, though, I'm not blaming the army for any of that. Like there is a drinking culture, but there's plenty and plenty of people that go through it and drink as much as I did, and who don't have a problem. So, and the more like. I learnt through not necessarily rehab, but speaking to people at rehab, every single fucking industry has a drinking problem. Whether you speak to someone in real estate, finance, like whatever it is, they always think, oh yeah, this industry, the building industry, the construct, like whatever it is, they all think, oh, this industry's got a big drinking culture. It's just like, is what it is. So. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the army drinking culture though is like it's on steroids because you're like, there's a an actual order. They order you to go to a bar. A boozer parade. A boozer parade, yeah. Is that yeah. true? That, you, it's an order. Can you explain that to me? What, what do you mean? 
okay, so they will literally say we all meet at the bar on a Wednesday. It's a bar on base. It's called a so a parade yeah. is a legal like it's a legal order. So I'm ordering you coops to come to this bar and we're all gonna have drinks there. And the beers are a dollar eighty, and it's if you're not there, it's at AWOL. It's like a place place of parade. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a yeah. it's a legal order. It's yeah. a literal order. Like oh, if you crazy. do not show up, you are you can be charged. Like you can face disciplinary action. But for me, all the um the the drinking culture was mainly back at my place. So when I was, I'll give a bit of a background. So when I was down in trade school, went through the army. I was a couple of years older than the average. Um, How old were you when you joined? Twenty one or twenty two. Yeah, so, yeah. like, the average is, what, 18, 18 nine, to 19, like, yeah. The classic, That's when I joined. The classic is straight out of high school sort of thing, maybe a gap year, but then in. I had had a couple of, like, knock-around jobs before, done a traineeship and that sort of business, and then went in. Um, I was also um, with, like, my long-term missus at the time, so we were recognised a factor. Now, what that means is that when you go down to Albury for your two-and-a-half years tech course, um, straight from Kapuka, basic training, unless you're recognised a factor or married you live on quarters, like you live in barracks. Yeah. So all the single blokes, all the young party heads, they're living in, it's called lines, right? And you're not allowed to drink in your lines. That's actually an order, despite the fact- Oh, because you're still a trainee for that two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, I was thinking back to like, when I got posted to my unit, I'm like, oh, we're allowed to drink. But then I I forgot that you're still trainees. So, Ah. yeah, it was- um, under ALTC command down there, logistic training yeah, center yeah. or whatever it's called. Despite the fact the booze is bolted onto it, you can't. The boys aren't allowed to drink in their rooms. So I had the house right. So it was that was the meetup place. Sometimes, like the young guys would often go into town and tear it up afterwards. Um, but that was always so. Prees was it was it your house? Yeah, not even not just prees. Like I had no intention. I went out a couple of times, but um, it was just like fucking. They would, they would have loved you then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty popular. It's a fucking revolving door, but oh, yeah. like it started maybe Thursday after sport. You go there because we did our sports on Thursdays, not not Fridays, and they mixed yeah. it around a bit. But yeah, so Thursdays and then you'd be a bit dusty on Friday. be like, oh, Thursday, like whatever. I've only got one day to get through. And then Friday, it'd be like slabs straight back to the place. A few guys would go out. Um, a couple of my core mates would just sit around and like not go out and just talk shit and just get plastered and then usually it wasn't like this every weekend but this is kind of how it developed in the next saturday you'd have the people struggling back from the night out and yeah. you'd have like you'd be going again by lunchtime and then saturday night's just a blowout and blah 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 but it really became a problem for me um like that's problematic as it is but for me it was really a problem when the like the mates and all that would go back and do their thing like sort of you know sunday night um monday night tuesday night wednesday night it was usually nothing going on but i'd still be like drinking by myself at home and that's really how like it got its hooks into me and it was like that pretty much through the two and a half years down there and then i took that when i went up to holsworthy at my unit um and it was just like a daily thing so you were drinking every day by that point yeah not necessarily in excessive volumes like maybe it was um like six beers a night which is still excessive but you come home have a six pack and yeah, six pack, maybe a bottle of wine. Like, and and I would if I did that, if I dropped off at the bottle on the way home, which I did most nights, I'll buy it in that sort of um, quantity. Like, I'd buy a sixer and a bottle of red because I knew that that was I'd be all right the next day. Right, right. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't. So you wouldn't stock up. You wouldn't, wouldn't just stock have, up, yeah. and but I w- because I wouldn't leave anything untouched. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if it was there, it was gone. So that's why that was my way of moderating it. Like, so I could at least hold down it. Like. The job yeah. right and not be AWOL the next day. 
Um, and that's a common that's a common theme in in addiction, right? You just can't stop, right? Yeah. So like you'll find a lot of people that have problems. That's how they learn to moderate themselves because there's nothing left. Exactly right. Like your impulse control sort of thing doesn't exist almost. Yeah, not with that. It can in other areas of your life, but not with um, your substance. Well, for me, not with like with the grog. If it was there, it was it was drunk. Yeah. So the only way I could control it was through like quantity and availability. Yeah. Yeah, I I found I was pretty much the same. I mean, I was doing other things to what you were doing, but um, it was like if it was there, I was having it, mm. and if I had money, I knew I could get rid of. That's where it was going. Um, so even now, like, so <laughs> I started putting all my money into Bitcoin. Yeah, right. Because I know I can't touch it. Because you can't spend it on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. You can, well, you but can. Well, you not, can, but not, you can't. Not that, that I would. Minute. Not that I would now. Like, I'm more yeah. than two years sober now. Yeah, for sure. Like, how good is that? Fuck yeah, hell. it's amazing, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you know what that's, you know what that means. You know, it's a big deal for yeah. me. Um, but Do you yeah. still count your days. I've got it on. I've got it on my little tracker. Yeah, it's just yeah. been going. I'm like 700 and something, maybe 800 now. Yeah, that's I, mad. I, that's got, good, bro. I got over the year and I was just like, oh, I don't want to look at it. It's still there. But, yeah, um, yeah. How long do you reckon has roughly been for you? Probably a couple, of, at least maybe two, two and a half that's without amazing, a drink. Bro. That's amazing. That's fucking nah, good, straight bro. up. Oh yeah, that's Keep mad. Drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking sick, dude. Mm. The sad thing is, but. We would be a very, very small percentage of that group you're talking about training in Wesley back in the day. Um, statistically, we're the um, heavy minority in that. And that's, it's quite remarkable to think about because I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's to do with the fact that we got in there pretty early. The fact that we had, we found, I think for me, the most important thing was I had something that meant a lot to me which was martial arts and I, I had a like I had heart like like I don't want to come across as oh I've got a heart and all this sort of shit but like I really really wanted to fix this and I knew if I didn't fix this I would fuck my whole life up and um, I had a lot to prove and I had a lot to show the world and I had a lot that I wanted to do and I, I, I didn't want this to get in the way of it and it wasn't smooth sailing you know I relapsed many times and all that sort of stuff but Fuck, I'm so glad to be sober now, man. Is yeah. relapsing pretty common? Yeah. It's almost guaranteed. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I, I've i only really met one bloke that never relapsed. Actually, no. And he 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 ended up like minor, you know. But um, yeah, like you said, we were in there with like... Oh, no, that oyster bloke now. It's just tweaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oi, old mate. Yeah, old the mate. table tennis table. Fuck, how good is he? Yeah. <laughs> a weapon. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a, what a fucking... Um, what a dude, man. This mm. this guy, um, one of the smartest blokes I've spoken to. Yeah. Unfortunately, he couldn't get a grip on it. Um, but yeah, fucking absolute legend. Absolute legend, man. Um, but yeah, like we had, what, 15 people in there in our little unit. Yeah. And um, I mean, as far as I know, maybe two or three of them came out of there. It's all about timing, but as well, because I did um, like just a couple of detoxes as well and then i you know relapsed hard and for me it wasn't um necessarily your sort of um, motivational story for me it was just i made a complete fuck up of my life made some of the worst decisions decisions that i got to live with every single day um and then you finally pieced it together that it's all because of like when i drink like i i remember you speaking about that yeah i remember you speaking about that so we'd have like 
we'd have group it, it was almost like a group education and therapy session it was whatever you took it as like if you went in there as it was just a yeah it was what you you put in you got out what you put in in that group absolutely and at the time um you and i we were pretty vocal in there and pretty keen to i think that's why we got along yeah. really well because we knew that we like we gave a fuck and we wanted to change yeah and just uh, like uh, all right, fucking covers off this is it like yeah, yeah. Are some people in there just because they're like court ordered sort of thing? There's a few people that yeah, are court ordered. There's a couple. I would say there's not out of let's say you got twenty people, maybe two or three of them, two of them will be court ordered. And then the rest of them, they've been in and out maybe yeah. three or four times. And then you'll have like you know, three or four of them, it's their first time and they really want to make a difference. Without going into the specifics of it, um, it wasn't uh, like a, a public rehab. Like you had to have your private health insurance and had to be pretty good tier. So, I oh, mean- so this was like the Gucci. The not, Gucci. Nah, not, not in terms of like fucking going to Thailand for a month or whatever. It but, felt um, like Thailand for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was training. There was palm trees. We go get massages and shit. When That's pretty lit. Out. That's pretty lit. Yeah, I don't think you joined along in that party, but- uh, no, I think yeah. I had to tap out on that one. I don't. Th- I don't know if you remember my roommate. Yeah, the kickboxer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we used to go. We used to train. Happy massage. Yeah, we used to train. He was fucking cooked. And yeah, I remember him. He had a massive head as well. Yeah. And don't we all about, something about big heads in that place? Don't we yeah. all? Oh, you remember, oh, you remember that other bloke that came in? He had a massive head. He was like a he was like a, a rugby player, like a corporate rugby player. Do you remember him with a rack problem? Fuck, man, there's too many. Yeah, he oh. taught he taught me how to bowl and play cricket and shit. He came in near the end. Oh. It was sort of like this. Like, Hello. I don't even remember. Anyway, my point of what I was getting at is um it like you had to be pretty fortunate to get into the joint like that. Yeah. Like you had yep. to have that top tier health class. So a lot of your court ordered ones, these dudes don't, you know, have the means of getting in there. So you yep. find in like the the fuck, I don't don't want to use like the wrong term here, but like the more accessible level is probably the best way to say it. The more accessible rehabs, like your ones bolted onto um, hospitals and yeah. and that sort of thing, and the the real like, um, I guess some of the church run ones that would be more. You'd find a lot higher percentage in there. Yeah, and, and a yeah. lot of these court ordered ones, I think they're in there for like eight to twelve weeks. Yeah, things like Glebe House and things. What like are you? That. What were you supposed to be in there for? Like time wise, four so, weeks. Yeah, it's a four week program, um, but you can if you want to. Like you get, you can leave whenever you want, but yeah. I actually stayed for six the first time. Oh, you did? Because it was that dicey time over Christmas, and I was just like, "When did you get out?" I got out in January. Yeah, I I got out in January too. So you started just before me. Yeah, I so that would be how that worked then. Maybe was, yeah, January something like that. We spent Christmas there and New Year's. Yeah, and we I, I elected to do that because like I got a great supportive family, but I just. It was a bit too fresh to be sitting around a table going like with grog, right? A I bit too you fresh. About and that. your family yeah. is around and it's like, just have one, just no. have one. No, 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 the opposite. My oh, fa- really? Yeah, I was worried that my family um, would like not have any grog at all and they don't have oh, drinking yeah. problems. And I was like, I don't want to be the fucking reason this is making it 20 times worse. Like, you guys do your thing and I'll deal with my shit. That was my whole mindset. And even a bit like that to the, to the day, like. Mm. I still know in certain situations they make an adjustments and I'm like, fuck. That, like, that's awesome though, like that your family will do that for you though. Yeah, it is 100%. Yeah, because my family would just be like, have just have one, just yeah. have one. That's all right. Well, I think, so if I really piece it together, um, I mean, I definitely had a good support network, very fortunate. Yeah. A lot of these people, by the time they're in there, they've burnt everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've Beyond fucked repair. everyone over. Um. 
Yeah, had the good support network. I had the martial arts background. Um, probably army background would have helped you too. Like you know how to push through shit. In certain respects, yeah. Mm. Um, just had it like, not being like a Terry Tough cunt, but just learning how to deal with shit situations. Like you're in had the middle it. of the bush playing fucking soldier when you're a tradesman, like on your birthday in the rain in Albury. Yeah, it's pretty shit. You can't do much about it. Well, <laughs> missing like partners' birthdays, yeah. your best friends' birthdays well, for kid, shit that just kids it, being born for exercises that are just going nowhere. Oh, just so you can shoot blank rounds at a fake target. Well, we were tradies, so we were given like fuck all of that anyway. Our, our like soldier budget was non-existent. We still had to go through the, like that sort of shit. You know, oh, we, that was the same for infantry as well. Like there were so many times <laughs> you we were, were fi- fucking soldiers. We were firing blank rounds, and we're like, "Why are we doing this? This yeah. just makes the gun dirty." Well, this does nothing that's why they're making you do it isn't it yeah pretty much <laughs> it's a good cleaner yeah um yeah there's something about grit and um i'm lucky that it was bred into me before i went in there and i don't know if there's something about um love or heart or connection or spirituality that ties into grit but i remember being in there and there, there were a lot of people who it was really easy for them to give up and just say no and and not be okay and just be depressed and all that sort of shit. And for me, that wasn't an option. You know what? You know what I'd probably compare it to? Like, I haven't been where you've been, but like, I think everyone gets that moment, the first night in Kapuka, where you're laying in your bed and you're just like, what the fuck did I do? Why did I do this? I definitely think if you can push past that, then it's definitely helped you throughout what you've gone through. Yeah, 100%. Um, that's definitely got to play a part in it and certain people, because everyone's on a different path of their journey. When I was in there, I was just like, I can't, like, I don't care how embarrassing these stories are when we're in group. I don't care, like, whatever anymore. All my sort of caginess is gone. My cover's gone. I'm like, I just, I can't afford to keep, like, fucking it up because it's it's an absolute nightmare and it's not going to get any better going down that way. So I was just at the end of my tether and I was like, you know, I've got to do what it takes to, and in some respects, I went in a bit too, um, probably a bit too hot with some of my um, sort of not necessarily commitments, but some of my plans. I was I was like that, you know, that young keen guy like back in the days. Like oh, I'm going to take on the fucking world, but I guess my my advice, if anyone ever wanted it, would be you just um, just take it slow, like just one foot in front of the other. Yeah, I was the exact same way actually, and. Um yeah, fuck, man, because it's one thing to be in there and yeah. then it's one thing to be out. It's easy in there. Holy fuck. fuck. is it easy. When you get out, man, it's yeah. it's scary, bro. Is that the real challenge? It's like being <laughs> it's like being born again. Just you come out of your mum and then you're just thrown into chaos and you're like, what the fuck? What's better than coming in your mum? <laughs> Cougar Town. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll talk about that we'll later. We'll talk about that one later. Yeah. So segue Sorry, what? Mom. Sorry, mum. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut Fuck that out. <laughs> My mum's still alive. Nineteen thirteen. It's hard to believe with a head like that, mate. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I get that a lot as well. We've fucking done some damage. Yeah. yeah fuck. <laughs> Stitcher up. Yeah. Uni hole. It's when the asshole rips into the vagina. Gotta make room. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta ask this question right at this point. What's uh? You're a health nut. Yeah. What's better for you than eating a mandarin? Um, I don't know. It's got to be eating a mandarin out, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kate told me not to drop that one today. I'm fucking oh, yeah. going for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> fuck, I miss sitting in that room. There was a little room that we used to sit in. Like it was like the fucking t- four couches room. and a telly. Yeah. yeah. Were you working on your stand up? 
I mean, not really, but um, it was just. Fucking... I would have been sowing some seeds for you. Oh yeah, I remember I put on um, I put on the Pride Fighting Championships, and you, like, well, Saturday, Sunday, watching that. Yeah, and you watch this bloke walk out. His name's Vandalay Silver, and you're like, he's not a, he's not the best looking bloke, and you're like, fuck, that bloke's head looks like a turd filled with walnuts. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. I think it's because it is such a dark, shitty place. Like internally, you, it really made like the funny parts fucking hilarious. Yeah, definitely. We're watching that. Remember that? I think it was um that YouTube stuff. The Brazilian guys doing pranks, like those shit pranks in the lifts. Do you remember oh, those? Fuck, I don't know if I can remember that. You're gonna have to remind me. Guys walking in the lifts and like pretending to be in a world of hurt and then backing up against someone and spraying them with like a wet fart and covering them head to toe. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We got told to turn that off for the nurses, not because of what we were watching, but because oh, we were just fucking laughing too much for a rehab, I guess. It didn't really fit with their training. You're not allowed to have fun. Stop it. <laughs> I remember me and um, old mate, I'm not going to say his name, but he was a bit of a chubby fella and he used to giggle a lot. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. He was extremely cooked. Like, yeah. mate, I'm fu- mate, I'm fucking cool. My brain's cooked, mate. He was always in fight or flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you could never tell. Oh fuck! He's like, fuck, bash it, cunt. Fuck, bash it. Yeah. It's, this sounds awful, but the, it was fucking hilarious. And he meant nothing by it. But pe- some people were leaving, and he'd be like, "All right, I'll see you next week." <laughs> it, it sounds horrible, oh, but he, I, it wasn't like that at the time. It was just- I, I really miss that bloke. Yeah. And I remember on his way, I was like, "Yeah, I'm probably gonna go to another rehab." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and wait once. Once me, I've been in this one seven times. I'll try. Once me and him snuck upstairs to the staff room and we stole a box of like a diced chicken from the fridge. Yeah, we just smashed it. Did you cook it? No, they're sitting in the telly room just hooking in. Yeah, yeah, he liked to eat this bloke. Yeah, he, um, you see, he was putting some photos up. When he got out for like, I've followed him for about 12 months, him just oh, shredding yeah. it at the gym. He, oh, no joke. Yeah, no shit. Didn't you see any of that? Nah, nah, nah. Fuck. Instagram or Wouldn't Facebook? Nah, I didn't only had Facebook Instagram thing. recently. Wouldn't it? Yeah, the Facebook. Yeah. Um, I've still got one of the blokes in there. He gave me a book and I've still got it. Uh, he was an older fellow, an older gentleman. Yeah, a cyclist. He's the push bike rider. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's he, did, he didn't mind an oyster either. That's where I got That's right. Ah, uh, okay. But you know the other bloke I'm talking about. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spent a lot of time in a wetsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Um, yeah, no, that was, a, that was a good time. We had a bloke who was in there. He'd been on Tran and Test. And <laughs> oh, everything. Like, and he was like 70 and he was a cyclist. But it was ice that did him in. Yeah, that's like, it. Combination of everything. Was he a weapon? No. Nah. Like being on trend and test. I mean, he was pretty fit for an old boy. He was fit, but he didn't look like he could break out of a wet paper bag. Nah, nah. He was a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Account, accountant lawyer or something. Yeah. Something fucking exciting. Um, and yeah, in, so in the rehab, uh, it was it was magical. We all had our own, own dorms and we'd sort of train and hang out and talk shit. And then we go to these therapy sessions mm. and everyone would fucking whinge and it was great, you know. But some people would whinge and I'm like, just fucking get over yeah. yourself, mate. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what to do. I can't. I'm like, just fucking do something, you know. You just you've been re- watching too much David Goggins. That's why. I don't know what it was, but um, like some people, they just it, they haven't reached that point of like, okay, I'm gonna take responsibility, 
um, it, it, it must be like a, a psychological thing or like a brain chemistry thing where they just can't take action. You know what else happens when you've completely let your guard down and no shield and you bet like, you know, this is me, 100%, like everything is honest. Your bullshit meter goes through the roof and your tolerance for bullshit fucking plummets, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, it happened to me anyway. I was like, fuck, that's a fucking lie. Yeah. You give the mic to someone who's like, <laughs> got something to say. Yeah. And um, we received a lot of education in those rooms. Learned a lot about neurochemistry, mm. the brain, behavior, traits, um, triggers, how, in, how the environment can trigger you, how to be mindful, how to notice patterns in yourself. It was really amazing. And those therapists were really fucking yeah, good, Yeah, they were top notch. Some of them were hot as shit too. <laughs> Remember that one that used to get dropped off in a Range Rover? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the- she was in the arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't keep that ass out of bed for fighting. <laughs> Would you eat the corn out of her shit? Go back for seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about the nurse? Which one? The the sailor? Are you okay? <laughs> It's okay. You're gonna be just fine. Yeah, you made me feel a little bit uncomfortable, that bloke. Yeah, and then we found out he had a grinder account. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Why did you did you see him on it? Someone else yeah. did. Yeah. That photo went around. Yeah, I'm not gonna ask how someone ended up on Grinder, but that was that was pretty good. Hey, each to their own, bro. Some people like grannies and trannies. It was very provocative that photo. Oh. By memory, because it's burning, it was red budgie smugglers. All but fucking spread eagle out on oh. probably his mum's bed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was. I couldn't pick him because I'm like, this guy's either a complete psychopath or he really gives a shit. I think it was the second. He actually yeah. gave so much of a fuck. And I remember once I was having a really bad time. Um, I think because I was coming off steroids, and I used to sneak in the medication that would help me come back because I remember that. Like the health industry at the time, they didn't know anything about hormones. Mm. So I'm like, fuck, if I don't sneak this shit in, I'm going to be fucked. Wig out and not do what you need to do. Yeah, just be was, it, was it like a Clomid or something? Clomid, no yeah. Dex. I, I bring it in my shoe. and um, Not in your asshole or your foreskin? Or you don't have one of those? No, no, I've got one. Yeah, mad. Yeah. That's fucking gross, guys. Yeah. What if you get stuck in a sandstorm? I will, I'll fucking pull it over my head and then I'll shield myself with my forey. Yeah, that's it. Foreskin gang. 4X gold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was good. I remember he looked after me once. Um, You're 4 No, no, no. But yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Oh, like he um, looked the other way? No, nah, well, I was... Not like that, but um, I was fucking freaking out and he just sat there with me, you know? Just calmed you down? Yeah, yeah. Did you touch the tip? S- did set, he- set your grinder account up? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Did you fucking... Okay. Did you rub the head of it? Come with me. I'll help you apply. You've forgotten your password, mate. It's all good. Yeah. Just you just click forget. I forgot my password, and they send an email to your email. Yeah. You reset it. Show you. Yeah. Why bad? Yeah. Yeah, man. It was um, it was a really special time in my life, man. And it was good. We ate, we we uh we had a good little group in there. You know, I think we all. Ca- because we could have come in at different times and 
it could have been all fuck wits and drop kicks, but yeah. there was a good like four or five of us that really gave a fuck and it was mad. Yeah, it was a good um little fucking support group, I guess you could call it. Yeah. I think we broke one of the main rules, but pretty early on. Don't trade numbers. Yeah. <laughs> oh like, well can can you explain that to me? Someone who Oh like, yeah, for sure. Like um, I'm not Yeah. I'm not trying to sound like I'm better than these people. I'm just no, saying no, I don't no. understand certain things. Like I asked one of our guests about uh, what happens in the meetings, and I didn't know that that was a no-no. Oh, you could like, ask. You can ask well, a footprint of it. You just can't. What yeah, it what depends on your interpretation said. of it. Like you, I'm not. You know, that's not my scene, and that's not how I do my like did my recovery. Do my recovery. It's like an ongoing thing. But um, I think, fuck. I'll, I could be wrong and someone will probably wipe, jump down my throat on this, but I don't see a problem with giving a general footprint of it. Like, you fucking Google it and they'll tell you how the, how they like the but, meetings happen. But you wouldn't sit there and say, oh, this, this bloke said this that. This bloke's story. Uh, 100%. Yeah, but that's, that's yeah. I mean. Oh, no, yeah, no, that's what I asked. And oh, I, did, I didn't know yeah, that, know that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, I didn't know that that was a thing. Well, if, what did he say to you? Can't no, no, no. He said, "Oh, we're not actually supposed to talk about no, that." I was like, right. "Yeah, man, yeah, sweet, yeah." yeah. I, well, that's probably another thing. Like, it's common dog fuck to us that whole thing about not training numbers because they like try to drum it into us. Um, you're not supposed to, and there's a bit of merit. Well, there's actually a lot of merit a by lot. the numbers. There's a lot of merit behind it. You don't want to um, like connect with people because you're all there um, emotionally. You're fucking not straight. You're all over the shop. You can't make good judgment calls. They say don't go looking for your like your best friend and link on Facebook and share numbers and think about moving in with any of these dickheads because it's all gonna go to shit. And like what probably eight nine times out of ten it would. Yeah. Um. So like you you guys are just the exception to the rule. Look. I don't know, that's a pretty strong way of putting it. I mean... I no, guess, but I mean, like... I, I think for you, us... For you guys, it worked out perfectly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think for us, though, because our um, drug of choice was so different... Yeah, exactly. And like, our scenes were as well. Yeah, I would never ha- I would never have a... Uh, I can't imagine getting into that, and you probably couldn't imagine Well, my scene was, was pretty doing. easy to get into. You take your fucking shirt off, sit in your undies and drink red wine on the couch and watch repeats of South Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yours takes a bit more dedication. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Um. So yeah, what are what are the other rules of rehab? Don't fuck anyone. Did you break? Did you two break that rule? Well, I didn't fuck anyone inside. I met each other. No, no, no. no. Well, we wouldn't announce it on the podcast. My missus no. would probably listen to this. Could we keep it a secret. <laughs> no homo. <laughs> I will say. Oh, I, I remember on that one though. I, I remember old mate. Um, so I had two roommates. Uh, one was a kickboxer and one was like a corporate dude on the rack. They were actually they're both on the rack. And he's like, um, hey, um, I'm having a visitor. It's my wife. She's coming over. And I'm like, yeah, sweet, man. Like, say no more. Yeah. I kind of vacate. Read you loud and clear. Yeah, two hours, bro. Two hours. I was happy for the bloke, you know. Yeah. I think that's about it. It's not, it's not a lot of rules. Don't well, Don't do drugs. Like in a rehab, that's pretty straightforward. They'll they'll kick you out if anything like that happens. Yeah. Um. <laughs> she wasn't in our group, but there was like um, she was a she was like a myth that chick that come in and she had, apparently she had to sign a contract saying that she wouldn't fuck anyone this time. This time, are you yeah, sure this she was, time. Are you sure this she time. wasn't in our group? 
I think she may have been at the end, but the blonde hair, but the legend, chubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I tried to shoot my shot with her. Did you? Yeah, I did. Why not? She was kind of cute. I would rather the fuck a toaster, but anyway, each to their own. Well, Stick I your dick in a beehive. Well, <laughs> okay, so our unit was split into two different floors. We had the drug yeah. and alcohol unit, and then above we had the. Um, Mood disorders. Mood disorders. Which covers your um your, the ones that you'd think of like bipolar. Your heavy depression, but it also had your um your eating disorders as well. And they were the those chicks the, would have had some banging bodies. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, it was good. Like we'd sit in the uh say there was a communal lunchroom and I remember they had to sit all together. That's right. And they had to be coached. It was almost like yeah. a therapy session. Well, it was, and there was remember that witch looking therapist that took it every time? The one with that fucking blonde hair? I can't really remember. Oh. I remember the girls, though. Yeah. There was one really cute one. <laughs> Not the big. She was a bit thin, but she was all right. I remember um, we tried to, at one point, remember when I brought all the Nerf guns in? Yeah. So uh, there's something... That was in, sick. There's something in addiction where, as a form of coping... Um, you pick up something else. Yeah, and they call it a process addiction. Mm. So is it, it is, is it a bad thing or it it can be so essentially like in addiction right um, as chaotic as it is you've developed this habit that almost keeps you grounded for you it was drinking for me it was hard drugs but once you sort of get rid of that it's like you got a massive void that you need to fill yeah and that void is an emotional one and there is science behind it like you can go into that all day but it is like I mean the bare bones of it is it's just you're doing, doing that much with your life that much energy into it, naturally something's going to, you know. Yeah, like how do you fill all that time? Right. So, yeah, it's uh, like yeah. the smokers go to coffee, that sort of shit. Yeah, so a healthy person would be like, all right, I've got all this free time now. Let me branch out, learn new things, explore yeah. different things, blah, 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 blah. But for me, it was, um, oh, let me go to Kmart and buy a Nerf gun. <laughs> 200 bucks worth day. of Nerf gun. Yeah, yeah. So I used to bring Nerf guns into the thing. You were like, this is an ex-infantry bloke. So these guys... Oh, yeah, we, you we, showed me yeah, how to clear a room. Well, I, I pretended to know like I had to clear a room. I told you I knew how to clear a room. Yeah. I'm fucking Raimi for six years. Yeah. I'm a fat pie eating um, tradie. Uh, do you want to explain what a Raimi is? Oh, yeah. Um, righto. So in my time in the army, um, I went into Raimi, which is Royal Australian Electrical Mechanical Engineers. That's why we call, they called it Raimi because... Like a mouthful. I did a trade no, as an electrical technician, not electrician before some smart ass goes, a fucking electrical technician's electrician. Oh, well, no. Um, so, yeah, we just a trade, did generators, uh, aircon, bits and pieces, learnt a fair bit of electrical anyway. Can you make an aircon unit? Why would you? I could never compete with the Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> China. <laughs> they got the numbers, son. Yeah. And the... And the bat flu. They got that as well. Yeah. Oh, oh very good. Oh, very good. So there's this Raimi bloke and no one else has done any time in the military. So I'm hamming up about how good I like, can teach these guys to do fucking urban room clearing and yeah, shit like that. And Yeah, but you're like the subject matter expert there. So <laughs> yeah, like you, were, you, you, could tell them, you could tell them you know boats and they'll believe you. Exactly right. So I did with Nerf guns and it was actually like, there was a little bit of merit because I'd seen it before and I got shown some by a couple of Retrades are guys who are done time and then come back into through to do a trade. Not retrade. So there's a couple of old inventory hands that did demos for us. So I read the books. It was um no, it was a fun time. Yeah, like was, we used to fuck around cool. and um I remember um Not everyone in the ward enjoyed us 
mucking around with Nerf guns, though. Nah, they didn't like violence. Yeah. Yeah, especially... We got quite excited by it. It it was mostly to do with the mood disorder girls (laughs) upstairs. And I don't know if you remember, but once I got a Nerf dart and I wrote my phone number on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That's literally shooting your shot. I don't think... Yeah, yeah, I had a bow too. I don't think I ever ended up shooting it, but I fucking should have. Did you get any phone calls? Nah. Oh, but remember, I was seeing one girl. I don't know if you remember. I won't say her name. You'll know her. She was a really nice girl. She used to come down and play table tennis. Until 8 o'clock and then they got sent back upstairs. Yeah, she's a bit chubby. Sort of like Islander looking. Oh, yeah. Cushion. You remember? Cushion. There was a few girls that that, that were really nice, you know. Um, I just wanted a friend. Yeah, she was... um, Did she have some big old titties? Some of them did. (sighs) Big old tiggle. She definitely did. Mm. Um, Yeah, I spent some time with her like outside... Uh, which turned out to be a terrible idea. Who would have thought? Holy shit. Um, anyway. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was a fun ride for you. Oh, that was insane. Yeah. That was fucking insane. Yeah, that was. Um, so that's that's got to fall into the 80, 80, 90% of why it doesn't work category we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I've gone into that in the podcast before, but I was seeing this girl, um, borderline personality disorder. Yeah. Um, great in bed. Um, she's like carved me up, like leave scratch marks on me and shit. Went off like a frog in a sock. Yeah. I yeah. Used- God put the best pussy in the crazy ones. Yeah. I used to twist her nipples and shit. She couldn't feel pain. <laughs> Did she lick your asshole? Um, no. no. And that's why they don't see each other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> or maybe she did and he farted. That's anyway, why she doesn't talk to him anymore. I had to call an ambulance on her oh, yeah. because I wanted to go to work. Fuck me. <laughs> Women, eh? Yeah. What? Respect whammon. Yeah. You inconsiderate. You want to go to work? I'm going to fucking How dare you? Yeah. You fucking piece of shit. Um, do you remember Skeletor? <laughs> she was one of the girls. One Not of the girls. name, mate. She was one of the Anno girls. And you used to call her Skeletor. I did. Yeah, you did. Wait, wait. <laughs> don't sound like something I do for those who know me. Wait, you don't remember that? Uh, not top of my head. Not denying it at yeah, all. Yeah, No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. um, yeah, he'd be like, hey, mate, look up there. Skeletor's looking at you. <laughs> yeah, she was like... Um, and she was probably like the piss heads of Pervin on me again. <laughs> she, yeah, she was um, She was quite ghoul-like. I don't know if you remember. She had a boyfriend. How'd that happen? Fuck, I don't know. He's into necrophilia there's, or something. There's someone, there's someone out there for everyone, eh? Yeah. Everyone's someone's cup of tea. That's it. I remember, um, and I think I think this is this was one of the, the things. So you had the education, you had the connection, yeah, and then you had the physical activity. And I think those are three really important things to fixing fixing someone in here. You know. Um, we actually, we started doing a bit of boxing as well. I remember I was running like a little mini boxing group in the thing. Yeah. And, um, it was fucking mad. Like we it was good. Cause yeah, in that particular program, you had a lot of time, um, in between your classes or your groups, whatever you want to call them. And that's supposed to be, so you sit alone, the theory behind it, um, they said is so you sit alone with your thoughts and deal with your, like your problems and all that, that sort of shit. We just, um. Played cricket and boxed and got Nerf guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it's mad. Work you know, for us. You know what I miss more than anything, and this is something that we don't get in the, in the real world, is we don't get enough time to just sit with ourselves and like everything's going to be okay. Like 
I miss I miss being able to just do nothing and just um, fucking enjoy life and think and all that sort of stuff. It's like if you do that now, like you're gonna die. Yeah, you will not survive. It's that dog eat dog. So like the world society, I don't reckon, it's not geared up for that. No. Like everything, yeah. you've just got to always be moving forward. Or you're gonna get left behind. Well, like, you know, work wise, if you. Well, we're just looking for like a rental. If you're not, or you know, all that sort of shit, you got to be always. Everything's just increasing. It's just becoming harder and harder just to exist, and it's just a fucking challenge sometimes. And I think the stress of that is what leads a lot of people to fucking self-destruct. Yeah, because it's it's a really hard thing to accept. And then when that happens, like progression's still moving forward, so they come out, and it's even harder to pick up where they left off. Like in a way. Mm. Yeah, like the race stops for you, but not for everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's what um that's what I definitely felt when I left because when I by the time I left, I joined at nineteen and I left at about twenty three. Yeah. Army we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. So um, you did your so you did your ros- your service obligation yeah. and then that was it? Yeah. Yes. And um Was that did you intend to do that? Like with me it was clear no, cut six years is my plan, but for you did you no, have an end I, state? I honestly wanted to be a career soldier. Yeah, right. Um ju- like I had no He's I, cooked. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Fucking cooked, mate. He's wearing a it's, Beretta shirt. It, it's not it's not just the autism. <laughs> He's got this big goma pole fucking head staring at me in a Beretta shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it. yeah. <laughs> yeah, um for me, I wanted to be a career soldier. I just wanted to like old mate Brian. He needs a Darius. Brian. Yeah, sorry, go on, sorry. Um I wanted to be a career soldier, but then um I found out when I got when I actually got in and started doing it. That having flat feet is not the best idea if you've got to carry heavy packs yeah. and stuff like that, especially in the job I was doing. And I didn't really, I didn't really know if I wanted to do uh, another job in the army. I wasn't even sure. Like, if I went back to it, I'd probably do like electrician or something. I'd get a trade, um, not just specialize in fucking blowing shit up and killing people. You fucked up your knees in the army, right? Back, your back, back okay. and both shoulders, just from carrying shit and walking a lot, or. Allegedly, yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah. Uh, I don't want to have to edit anything out, mate. <laughs> yeah. So my, um, yeah, because you didn't do too well on the first job. Yeah. Uh, nah, you, you're you're amazing, dude. Thanks, bro. You're the brains behind the operation. Um, no, because like, yeah, I, I, I did my back in, like six months in, and then. Um, post-deployment, I, like, I did it over there. Like, I busted one of my shoulders. Not not that bad. Like, I've got inflammation in both of them now. Mm. But, um, yeah, and then when I came back, I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could do this job long-term because my body's, like, I'm, and I, it was really stressing me out because I'm, like, 22 and I'm, like, my body's falling apart already. Yeah. And, like, then you- Is, is then, that a common theme in the military? Different jobs. How about how about you? So, remember when mentioned retreads before? A lot of them were from the combat corps, um, some arty guys, but bulk of them would be infantry dudes. Yeah, every single infantry dude that went back as a retreat, knee and did reconstruction. The trade, yeah, backs, knees, um, knees and backs were the most common. But yeah, they're all just broken. Like every single, oh, yeah, just it, under it's, stri- it's the job. Like so, part of. Part of my kit when I was overseas was I had the I had a Maximire, which is a seven six two machine gun. Um, I carried 
four hundred rounds. Is that big? Hmm? How big is that? What's a seven seven six two seven six two millimeter? That's the length and of the projectile. So what's the weight on that? Just so how big's the your gun? weight? Um, you, you got to be around ten kilo, doesn't it? Just for the gat. The gat, yeah. Um, and because it's a larger version of the minimum, yeah. so it's a seven six two version of it. So, so he was the machine gunner. Yeah, that was me, bro. Fucking hell. Um, get, get behind me. <laughs> yeah, the support. Do, 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 do. Um, yeah, it was just... Um, but that's on top of all the other shit he's carrying. You, so you, I've yeah. got body armor. I've got a spare barrel on yeah, this thing. I've right. got the machine gun. I've got 400 spare rounds. Got your penis pump. I've got, I've got my like my combat sock to jerk off into. Um, <laughs> got my butt plug. My cock rings. <laughs> got my wife, my Asian wife. No, it's that Afghan wife. Going to get oh, yeah. the, one of the Scarfies bras. But yeah. Uh, get your ears right. I, um, what's it called? Yeah, when I, give me a second. But what? yeah, every single like infantry dude that went through as a retread to get the trade to get out um, was, was broken in some way. Yeah, so it's, um. Is that you or some? Who else would it be? Why would I have a photo, a photo of someone else on there? Why do you look like that? Because you've got hair, bro. What the bro, fuck? Bro, I weighed 92 kilos there. I was training twice a day in fuck. like... Oh, in- shit. Oh, shit. What did I do? Here, pull oh. it up again. Yeah, I was training in... Um- Give us a bit of eye candy. Bro, he looked like a fucking machine. Oh, yeah. That's another one. Yeah, go back to the other one, bro. Get some. That's a big gun. That's yeah. a big fucking gun, bro. Uh, yeah, that one. Fuck. That one. What a machine, eh? Yeah, because I was carrying all of that. That's not you. That, that's me. <laughs> fucking hell. Fuck, you were ripped up, eh? But keep in mind, I was like... Uh, 22, 21? Yeah, I deployed in 2013. It was like a lifetime ago. So you're like 30 now. <laughs> yeah, I'm an old fuck. Life is just crippling depression. You know what? I feel I feel so fucking young right now. How old are you? I'm 30. Are you? Yeah. When did yeah. that happen? Last year. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. End of yeah. this year for me. You're a few years older than me, right? 34 this year. Yeah. I, um, bro, so when I got out, um, probably 2018 to you know just maybe six months ago maybe a year ago i felt fucking old dude i felt like 40 50 and then i i cleaned everything up i saw a good doctor um fixed my diet my testosterone came back good so it's like normal now got really healthy i stopped eating gluten so i don't eat bread i don't drink milk and i feel like i'm not like i fucking i feel about 25 now 24 25 it's a great feeling i've started doing more rice milk now as well yeah, the almond milk for me is, is what I like. You like nut juice? Gluten-free. I love nuts. <laughs> Bust a nut. Yeah. That's um, good, but Because I remember like years ago, you were battling with your test, trying to get that back naturally. Took about two and a half years, bro, to, to, to properly do it. That's why I say to anyone that's thinking about doing, oh, hey, I'm going to jump on the gear to fix this injury or that injury, or I've got a surgery, or I just want to get big, and this is going to speed up my healing process. It won't. It won't. It'll fuck you up and it'll take a long time to recover. Yeah. Yeah, I was knocking you around for a bit. Like, you've been clean for a while, but I remember we were catching up and you were like, yeah, feeling flat every now and then and it was all because of that. 
Yeah, and I'd be up and down because yeah. I'd have to take different things to sort of um, get my energy back. Yeah. But now I'm, I feel fucking amazing, dude. And then I was just like trying to get back into a band, just trying to make it, you know, have a real go at it. Um, put some ads out on Gumtree, tried to meet up with them, And I was like, this is fucking too hard. Like, mm. There's too much going on in life to get the time to try and meet up with three dudes, like-minded dudes, you know, do the whole dating thing, see if it works, if it doesn't, and reform. And then to try and get time to write some songs, practice the songs, cut an album, and then try and go out and gig. I'm like, nah, fuck. So I just um, sort of clicked one day uh, and sold a bunch of my guitars that I weren't using too much, kept my three nice ones, the, my favourites. Um, sold a bunch of my other gears, living in a real small place, um, so I didn't need me amp. Got rid of that, and then with that money, I put it into the sort of electro, uh, electronic production stuff. Like, so, you know, upgraded the computer and just made it all so it can all be sort of recorded at home and I could just do it myself. And the intention was to just do a, essentially like a rock type of thing um, and then maybe if I needed to get a session singer in or if I could make the songs interesting enough that they had, like, that they were appealing enough and, like, playability um, that I wouldn't need, you know, to go down that path. And then it sort of developed into, just sort of transitioned into what I'm doing at the moment. Um which, which I, I really like the sound that I've, I've got at the moment. Mm-hmm. Five songs that I've like, mastered over the last sort of eight months and got out there, I, I really, really um, like that sound. Uh, I think it's somewhat sort of unique, but it's still got that playability. Like it's probably not, it's definitely not the sort of shit that you're going to ever find on Triple M. Mm-hmm. But I believe... Um, there's enough in it that if people start listening to it and they like it, then it's got sustainability, like longevity in it. So, yeah, that's where that's at. And I'm treating it like I've just gone into it hammer and tongs. So all the time after work, I'm, I'm putting into it. I'm treating oh, it like... Fuck yeah, that's the best. Yeah, I'm treating it like a second job because I want it to be, yeah. right? I, I don't want to like do this shit that I'm doing forever. Like I've got an all right job. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I enjoy it. It's all right. There's plenty of worse ones out there, but I never wake up with a bar in the morning and go, fuck, yeah, I can't wait to run these electrical jobs. Like, yeah. What, what are you doing now? Electrical supervisor for a company that owns oh, a pretty good position because they don't really have a fucking clue what they're doing, so it keeps me pretty So busy. you're the guru? I wouldn't say I'm the guru. I'm the, I don't know, fucking, I don't want to be disrespectful, so I won't be. Um they don't have any site-based experience. Yeah. They um, are very good at what they do. They crunch numbers and they subcontract out a lot. But because of that, they hemorrhage money because they've got no site experience. So that's where I come in. So it keeps me busy. Um, it's pretty dynamic. But fuck, fuck's sake, it's a job. I don't want to talk about a job. That's why I'm mm. doing my music. Like, it's all right to pay the bills, but all that money I just put back into the music anyway. Yeah. So I've got those five songs out and now I've shifted from... And I've just come up with this sort of idea by myself. I figure, all right, I've got those five songs out. They sound all right. Got the album art done. Got to put a bit of work into my Instagram. Not going to be able to grow any decent audience at all. Like my mum says my songs are good. (laughs) Thanks, mum. So now I'm just putting all my time into building a live set. That was the challenge, but it is a challenge because from my background in music, you write a song in a band, beauty. 
let's rehearse it. It's ready to play live. What do you mean by building a live set? Well, because I'm do it, doing it all electronically, right? Like drum loops, samples, synths, and it's all done bit by bit and laid. Are you still playing guitar at this time? There's guitar in them. Yeah, 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 gotcha. It's quite heavily guitar-driven. Yeah, gotcha. Like a lot of the songs start from a riff that I've got. Yeah, gotcha. And I build it out like that. But there's no way to reproduce that live by doing all the instruments. It's impossible. I couldn't do it. Right. I don't want to... There's no value in getting up on stage, pressing fucking play on my my laptop or however I want to... reproduce it so i've got to try and um, develop a way to bring life into it there's a guy called giuseppe ottaviani i don't know if you know who he he is no not my name (laughs) he's a he's a trans dj and he builds his um so he's got trans music and of course all the music you do you build it at home yeah but he's got a way that he's he can build his music live yeah so i don't know if that's what you mean it is sort of what I mean. I mean, it is one way of doing it. There's plenty of different ways to doing it. So you could be talking about like building loops live or like remixing yeah. shit live. That's DJs who like dabble in the production world. That's one of the ways. Some of them bring their sets to life like that. Yeah. So I bought myself um, like a little DJ controller. I've got no interest in like, and that's the thing. I've got to try and work out where I'm going to get... Um, get a venue to perform these things live because so you really want to perform yeah 100 that's, that's, that's what, what i want to make my living that's why i'm putting all yeah. this time into building a set like right. it's about 70 percent ready now and so you wouldn't just be happy putting it on Bandcamp, soundcloud things it's like already that. on all that it's okay. on it's on your soundclouds it's um oh, it's yeah. on your spotify's where do we, where do we go for that spotify yeah do you uh do you want to give yeah plug yeah. your music bro because oh, right. uh, um like how can people find you yeah well if they go on instagram so i perform under the name and it's all written under inducted um, just search inducted on Spotify and you'll see a photo of me. Spotify is probably the most accessible. I mean, it's on SoundCloud too. It's on your Deezers and your Apples and um, your Amazons. Um, but if you tie into my Instagram, yep. um, I had a bit of help with that. There's like a link tree to everything on that. Inducted music. Right? Inducted underscore music. Inducted underscore music on But Instagram. if you've found this podcast through Cooper's, inducted, uh, Cooper's Instagram, I've been crowbarring myself into some of his posts lately, so you won't. Go for it, bro. You don't have to um, search too far, but yeah, inducted underscore music, and we'll we'll make this all accessible for everyone. Yeah, like we'll um, tag in it. Yeah, excellent. Because yeah, man, fuck like Ben was that guy, man. We'd be all sitting around, he'd fucking pull out his guitar and shit, and fucking jamming, man. He's like, yeah, it was good, it was good. Yeah, yeah bro. cheers. So that's the thing. I want, I'm like I'm going into it hammer and tongs. I don't want to be working. I want to. Um, do the music as my um, career. I'd love to have you on again, like later on down the track, you know, see how your music's going and fuck, maybe you could bring in a guitar sometime too. Give me a couple of months, I'll come do a set for you once it's ready. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Hey, have you thought of jumping on Twitch, Instagram Live and doing music on there? I have, but at this stage I've got to, um, my focus is on finishing the set. Yeah, So yeah. I've, I've got to, because I've got to not rewrite some of these songs, but I've got to... Um, I've got to write a set, right? So, And then I've got to um, get it to a part where I can perform it because I've got to learn new equipment as well. Like when I got myself um, like an Alan Heath DJ mixer, I've got to learn how to fucking use that. So I'm teaching myself that. There's a, Are you using Ableton? Ableton's what I do all my work in, yeah. Yeah, I, I got myself a little Ableton uh, live mini launch pad thing. Yeah. And I was like... And I was mixing That's him doing it. That's not him on Ableton. That's his... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his talent there. Natural skills. His natural that's skills. Got to get all the nut out of my mouth. Yeah, now now he's got a clear mouth. That's, he can, yeah, that's me. <laughs> it's a bit hard, a bit hard to beatbox with a gold fully green yeah. oh, nut, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that the sound you're going for? Yeah. <laughs> it's the motherfucking remix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bro. How's your... So you've kind of... You've put all of it into music. Your, your training's kind of stopped. You, you know where yeah. you're at. And that's the fucking way it should be, you know? Like, you love what you're doing, man. Yeah, so the training is completely stopped. Yeah. Like, I'm mentally, I'm all right at the moment. Training's but I, training, but I'm bro. one physically unfit motherfucker. But what are you going to do? Like, I, when I made this decision, like, 12 months ago... Uh, I remember you were training. You were like, "Oh fuck, I want to go into commandos and shit." Yeah, that was the pipe dream. That was yeah. why I was I was pushing so hard when yeah. I was in rehab because I got out of the army and I was a bit lost. Like I think anyone who's done some time and got out could probably good thing you one point or another. Yeah, well, I think I never had a passion to be a fucking commando. Mm. It was a, like a good idea, probably a bit of a pipe dream, but the music passion's always been there. There's okay. that word I said I didn't like, and I just dropped it seven That's times it. in twenty seconds. That's it. Passion. Passion. Passion of the crime. <laughs> Fucking Jews. Sorry. <laughs> that that's that's qu- an edit. I'm quoting Mel Gibson here. Quoting. Passion of the nut. In my well, he, he had his problem with grog, so it ties in. There you go. There's a save. That's it. And in, now he's in, on TRT. Induc- inducted music. He's on the steroids now. Have you seen him? Yeah. And the um, stem cells. He's on everything, mate. Passion of the trend. You know, there's... um Just for your new interest now, Coops, I uh, just wanted to... Bring some new attention to. There's a cookbook called Natural Harvest. Have you heard of it? Here we go. So it's basically it's a cookbook that um, a lot of the main ingredient is uh, semen. So maybe you can look into that now. That's it. Man. Souffles. <laughs> <coughs> oh shit. Yeah, bro. I think we covered pretty much everything. Unless there's anything you want to drop or you want to talk about, anything you want us to know about. I can't top your nut in the mouth story. But yeah. no. All right, he's just showing me semen-based recipes. All right, James. <laughs> Everyone likes their own brand. Yep. You reckon um, that Paul photo hour is like rolling in it now after re- releasing something like that? Oh well, it's got uh, it's got four four out of five on Goodreads and three point six Barnes and Noble. So I wonder what Paul Fotenheim higher. I wonder what he's doing right now, apart yeah. from just like diving in, cooking nut, <laughs> cooking some more <laughs> nut. Yeah. Um, shake and bake. So I wanted to I wanted to ask you, Ben, what was your what was your transition out of the army like for you? So. It was all right. Um, I was pretty f- sort of fortunate. So the last year of the army, um, like I said, it was always... So the six years is what you sign up for to do the job and the trade that I did. Your Rosso, yeah. Your Rosso. Um, but I knew... And I knew from the start I wasn't going to get me full electrical license to get my full um, refrigeration and a bunch of um, experience like generators and systems and, and electrical knowledge. So I, had, I knew I had to do some night school well in advance of getting out. So I did that in my last year. And then that put all my um, effort into that. Um, I wasn't really well liked by the hierarchy at my unit because I was a bit of a like bit of a shit bag. Like I'd always turn up for work, but I'd just do the bare minimum because I was hungover and just like over it and just counting down the days. 
Um, oh, I felt that. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, anyone who's probably got an end date in the army is probably counting down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well he- out. Heaps of guys that just had like a timer on their phone. So whenever yeah. they opened their phone, they had like a bit of joy because they're like, it's just ticking down. It's only 112 days. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So um, I set myself up pretty well, um, sort of like work-wise. Uh, I'd start, try to start my own business that... I had um, a bit of work because I got out in early January, so there was enough work around doing aircons. How long have you been out now? Well, it was out in 2016, and it's whatever it is today. Yeah. Six years, isn't it? Yeah. Five, no, five. Five. Fuck, so it was only a year before you jumped into rehab. <clears throat> yeah. It's quick. And in that year, I managed to fuck my life up beyond repair. Yeah, yeah. For a solid 12 months. Well, but I- work was one thing that I always... Like I still had, like I went through a fair few jobs but because I did that time to get those trades, like with the aircon sort of business, it was, um, it was enough to keep me going. Um, and I pre- pretty quickly worked out it in like doing domestic aircons. Um, installations? And, yeah, installations. Yeah. Just a mugs game. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're doing it like as a legit dual tradie when yeah. um, so many of the guys out there, not all of them, but so many of them out there are just doing their own like sparky work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when you're trying to do it legitimately and cover your cost, it's just all that, and all anyway. And what I really got jack of is no one, and this is sort of following me along with like my working career. No one, very few people. There are people out there, but essentially no one really wants to pay for quality work anymore. It's all about the cheaper quote. So oh, you, give, really, so you yeah. give someone a quote, seven hundred, whatever it is, eight hundred to do an install. And then they go, this bloke will do it for six hundred. Is he licensed electrician? I don't know. He's two hundred bucks cheaper. When your fucking house burns down and your insurance won't pay, is that 200 worth? Is 200 cheaper? Do it for 700? Nah. They, they don't care. Not in, the, not in the domestic market that I was trying to break into, having no contacts. Like essentially not much more than a door knocker. They don't care. That's my experience anyway. Like, you know, I'm sure there's people out there going, oh, you know, you find the right people, they'll pay for a quality job. Yeah, I couldn't with no contacts. But I had um, made some pretty good contacts in the army with some of the equipment that I'd serviced. So I um, had a job for a water purifying company. I was flying up to Queensland quite a bit. Um, yeah, didn't hold on to that one. It was for Cummins um, Diesel. Ah, uh, Diesel. Diesel, because they did the Jennies. Um, Cummins. Wrote one of their... Um, D-nut and water. Wrote one of their work cars off, booting to the bottle before it shut to get me vodka. Yeah. If you're ever going to be in a serious accident... Against a parked RAV, RAV4, you want to be in the Ranger. Because I still got to the shops and back with the radiator dragging oh, yeah. on the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the RAV got towed the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my transition was all right um, work-wise because I always had, and that time in Sydney, like there was just, you could be, as long as you had a trade ticket, you'd get work. Labor hire was just pumping if that was what you needed to keep you going. And so, and... Um, yeah, it was all a bit of a blur. Like the one constant throughout that was just like the grog. That was like the step. That was the um, like I said, the constant like work, and then all the emotional shit was like up and down. And yeah, but yeah, it wasn't really. I mean, I had, I probably had a harder time the three months getting out than I did my transition on the outside because I got um, and it was like a lot of it was how like. Like my reputation of being a bit of a pisshead at that last unit, but then there was one particular person, the sergeant, who had it in for me, 
and I'm sure you can appreciate it just takes one person in such a structured chain of command. And such such a position of power. Yeah. And he was the that, he was yeah. the gatekeeper for all my forms going out like to discharge, right? Yeah. So everything had to go through him. And I was just um like, you know, I wouldn't say unfortunate because a lot of it I did myself, but he was an absolute cunt of a man as well. Like a spade's a spade, right? So I had a real hard time um, navigating the discharge side of it. Yeah. Um, but then once I was out, I was, I was pretty fucking happy to be out. But that was purely because of... And that's the thing, like all the people who've got like these jaded stories, it's usually one person in that chain at that time at that particular unit. Like you hear all the stories about, oh, what's a good unit to go to? Like... What's the bad, what's the shit one? Yeah. It just depends on the person essentially directly above you. <laughs> yeah, really. That's that's definitely very true. Cause it's like one person with a bit of power doesn't even have to be that much, can just make your life hell. Yeah, well he was one of the workshop um, sergeants and there was another one who looked after the, the mechanical, not the not the fitters and the electrical side. And he was a good bloke. So it just needed like those two dickheads to swap chairs and my experience getting out would have been completely different. Yeah, like I, I do you do much gaming? No. Nah. Well, there's one thing that um, that there's the disclaimer. It's like individual experience may vary. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, yeah. with online gaming. It's definitely the same with the army. Like I had a mate who was a medic, and he was at the unit. He'd put in. He'd put in like he'd go to the gym. He was going to the gym twice a day, doing PT with the unit. So he was working out three times a day, yeah. so he could keep up with commandos. Yeah. He was at Holsworthy as well. And then some chicks rocked in, some chick medics that had like nice set on them mm. and they were getting parachute qualed. Yeah, they were hanging yeah, out yeah. with the commando. Yeah. They were doing all the shit that he wanted. Yeah, and he was actually putting the effort in. Yeah, yeah, and like they were getting, they were being at the unit for six months, like fresh out of like their trade. They were getting deployments with yeah. the commandos and he was just like, why am I getting left behind? What's going on? And it's probably worthwhile to say that that's not their fault. That's the... Like the chain, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. yeah, it's just like the hierarchy, like yeah, like dirty. Old I prefer perp. to look at that jumping out of a fucking helicopter than yeah, this, this bloke who works out three times a day and he's been here for seven months or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, when you talk about training in the army, do you have like um, a coach or a personal trainer that runs you through all that sort of stuff? PTIs. Yeah. So, because I I saw a job on Seek, the Air Force was looking for, like. A PT. That would probably have to be one of the easiest jobs under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do They're asking for They like, don't do PT. They don't really do... Well, they are, there's going to be raffies that call up and go, oh, can you call up a podcast? <laughs> Show my age. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> you fuck, I work that every day. I'm just, every fucking airman's a soldier first. <laughs> I've heard that one. They were asking like 70 grand for it. Yeah. Your work-life balance would be pretty sweet. Yeah. So but you'd have to, fuck, how'd you, what would your path be there? You'd have to go to your basics and then you'd have to... You'd have to go to like one of the RAF bases, do your, ba- well, do your basics there. I think it's Amberley, if I remember correctly. Is that where, where they do basic? Where or is it? No, it's Wagga, isn't it? Air Force. Yeah, there's that RAF base in Wagga. Is there? I, I, so I don't know. It's, yeah, would you have to stay on the base to work? Mm, no, like once you're fully qualified, you're like... So I'd have to. You'd have to drive out Sydney, probably stay there. Oh no! Work, like so, there's also you got to consider that you might not get Sydney. Yeah, it's where you get posted. It's right? it's um operational requirement. Yeah. So like, 
Um, I'd go to Darwin or something. Well, if you oh, yeah. was Darwin or Townsville, wouldn't it? Da- I was hey, in Adelaide. Adelaide. Okay. Yeah, I spent some time in Darwin, though. That was a fucking wonderful experience. I spent three <laughs> months there just sweating my fucking cornhole out. My cornhole was fizzing every day. All that acclimatization to go down. Oh, mate. So, they... they for our um Our pre-deployment training was in Darwin. Some good oyster farms down there. We went... Uh, <laughs> One in particular. Yeah. Um, our pre-deployment training was in Darwin. It was fucking snowing when we got in Afghan. Yeah. I don't know who thought that up. But which like which genius in command thought of that? Yeah. But they they did it and good on them. Speak, speaking of uh, snow and wind, uh, I came out of a an NA meeting, Narcotics Anonymous an anonymous meeting, and I was speaking to a bloke from Adelaide, and uh, apparently the town that he's from, Snowtown, has the highest concentration of like child predators and uh, serial killers. Per capita What a place Snowtown yeah. and, um, Body in the barrel And I'm like Fuck oh, Why do you reckon that is And he's like Oh I think it's the wind <laughs> It gets in your ears <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Wow what, what, yeah. what a justification <laughs> How about you getting out James um, For me It was um, It was pretty rough To be honest um, So one thing one thing I, I definitely noticed was there was a lot of loneliness. There was a lot of like, I don't have like all these guys that I've spent all this time with. I don't have them around me anymore. And the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the team. Yeah, but it, it's even smaller than that. It's like, I don't have the guys because I don't know why they do this shit. But like when we came back from Afghan, they split us up straight away. They're just like... You're, you're going to this company, you're going to this company, and you're going to this company. So, the original guys that I was in the unit with, they all they all just like, they just all like, not separate ways, but like, you only saw them like, in passing yeah. every week. And I don't know why they did that. That it sounds just, like another one of them good on fucking paper decisions, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's like, let's let's split everyone up. And, and just, it'll stop the, um you know, like the DVA oh, claims what, and yeah. all that shit. <laughs> what, um... Just, Garbage. Garbage um, reasoning. Our our CO um, at the time is a piece of shit. Um, he he called it Afghanitude. So like, because there was a bunch of new guys or lids as we called them that mm. rocked in, and they didn't want a bunch of us to like gang up and be like, yeah, we just came back from Afghan. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to stop that, so he split us all up. And it's funny because I reckon he did a massive detriment to everything because. Everyone, or not everyone, I can't speak for everyone, but a majority of people that I, the majority of people that I deploy with, they're all out now. Yeah. And they're all young blokes. And there's a lot of experience and... and yeah, because they were just like... Knowledge. Like the boys weren't around anymore and like only saw you once a week and then they're just like, well, fuck, what am I going to do? I'd rather just fucking... Like a lot of my mates were like, I'd rather just fucking be out and then I can like we can hang out together yeah. outside of work. Are you still in touch with any of them? I play Warzone with a lot of them. Oh, that's um, amazing! So I went How to that? I actually so Call it's all happening again. Fortunate son plays. Do you guys? Do you guys like fucking take over in that game? Like, do you work well together? Um, 
No, because you just talk shit. We, we end up <laughs> calling cat. We end up calling each other fuckwits and just like dickheads. And um, one guy's a fucking ranger, so we give him shit about that. Oh, that's fair, but yeah, yeah. we're just like you fucking fought. <laughs> which is fucking orange thing. That's, <laughs> that's what. Right, that, yeah. That's what um <laughs> rangers that. get called in the army. <laughs> fought. Um, <laughs> fucking orange thing. Yeah, he he cops a bit of shit. Um, I used to see, I used to see him. That was another thing. Um, so, a lot of the... When you leave the job, a lot of the camaraderie does go with it. So, like, one one of the guys... Like, a few of the guys, like, when I got out, I was spending a bit of time with them. And then, um, they're just like... We just stopped talking. And then I'm like... And they're like, oh, how come we don't hang out anymore? I'm like, because you stopped replying to my messages. Like, I'm like, what's like what's going on? And they're like, oh, I've got a missus now. Oh, it's a woman. Oh, I see. I see where this is going. Well, that's that's the sad thing. Like, it, the reality of the situation is, like, you guys are on a shared mission. Like, the same value system, the same focus. And then once you separate, you know, he finds his passion. I or think there's another layer into it than that. Like, from the outside, that's 100% what you see and what you sort of sold. But... It's just a bunch of dudes that have to put up with some really shit situations together and just like people like CEOs or, or whatever, like RSMs making absolute fuckwit decisions and you've on the ground, you got to just deal with it. Like, So it's almost like these are your workmates and then once the job's over, like, you know, you've got another job to do. Yeah, to, to a degree. Like I actually, like it was funny because one of the guys, I it's just weird how this works. One of the guys who I wasn't that close with, but I got really close with him post-army. And actually, um, I don't know, I can't speak for him, but I don't know if he was just like struggling or just not doing too well. But he, um, I got him to start jujitsu, and then he's like stuck with it. And then last November, as soon as they updated the ban, I flew to Adelaide and I trained with him for like two oh, weeks. Yeah. yeah, I trained with him for two weeks. Careful, and we just Careful of that wind, mate. The wind. <laughs> Don't want to lose your working with children's check. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. You'd find me so quickly. Winds are harsh down there. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, getting back to it. Um, yeah, there was definitely a lot of loneliness and I felt that no one around me because no one from my unit is in Sydney. So, they're all Adelaide, Central Coast, Brisbane. So, I felt like no one around me understood what I was going through. So I really See, shut myself off. I can relate to that, but more so coming out of trade school. Cause that was two and a half years down with just the boys. Like, yeah, it was that big drinking thing, but there was a lot of like, we would do shit like float down the fucking river down in the Aubrey lock on a weekend, just something to do. We were always hanging together. And it was a core group of probably maybe about 20, but like eight of us that were super tight and then probably four and that even tighter. And then once that two and a half years is not a, is a pretty long time when you're, doing everything together um and then we got divvied up to our units like darwin townsville and like i'm guessing there was only like one or two was there like two or three spots yeah exactly unit? and because our course was sort of staggered it was um they just brought that in a little bit before I, like when i started you weren't going through as a class you it was sort of self-paced so you had whatever it was 16 units to get done in the time um and if you did a unit in four weeks, you'd have a minimum and a max, right? So you couldn't pump through it in two weeks if it was like, might've been something like four to six. So you're always getting staggered in your progression, but you're still in the same wing. So it didn't matter if you'd like, 
halfway through it, if you had like seven units and your mate had five done, you're still in the same workplace. You help your mate out too. Yeah, yeah. Um, certain. <laughs> <laughs> like you got helped out? I'm going to take <laughs> care of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Um, and then, yeah, there's only one or two spots for particular trades um, at a time. So we got all split up there. And then when you get to the unit, it's like... Is you it, don't know anyone. You don't know anyone. The workshop's already established. So, I mean, they're all the same. Like, they're still Raimi guys. They're still tradies. And some of them, like, you know, it's like everything. You, good blokes, bad blokes. So you, you always find some guys to, like, click with. But I lost that. That was my experience of what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then I had to navigate the whole, like... I didn't have a backup plan. Yeah, now you're out in the fucking real world yeah. as well as losing all your, your, yeah. your support. Yeah, and I was like, like, what can I do? Like, I spent, I spent four years of my life out of high school shooting guns and blowing shit up. Did they put you through any courses on the way out or did you put up your hand for any or? There, 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 wasn't. Wasn't, there wasn't any for infantry really. Um, really? So either go do a trade, sign up for another Rosso or... Yeah, sign up for another six years. Thanks for coming. Or, or see you later, alligator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was... Um, I found I found myself like killing time by like... I, one of the things I couldn't deal with was someone not telling me where to be. It's like not having a parade time. So like in the army, how structured it is, they're like, you will be here wearing this at this time. See, that's I think where I had... Um it was beneficial for me going in a little bit later because I'd already done some time like in the workforce, in the, yeah. and um, and it also definitely helped with the recruit training because a lot of these people that are adjusting to that sort of because it's not really a natural thing if you've never done it before. Like you know, that's probably why you were so hard to get out of your shell afterwards yeah. with it. When you've sort of been through that, you've got to be at work at six or seven, like North Sydney, whatever it is. For me, anyway, it was a lot easier to go, well, that's a stupid thing, but all right, we'll just do that because he's saying to do it. It's only 12 weeks. So then, yeah, I can definitely see how if you go, if that's all you've known from high school into that, then it would definitely be a... Yeah, like they... How do you adjust to that? They, I'll just sleep to 11, like whatever. Yeah, pretty much. It was just like... Um, and I was having... I wouldn't say problem sleeping, but like because no one was telling me where to be and like telling me what to do, like, I just started driving. Yeah, like, right. I just, like, I'd end up, like, no one's telling me where to be. And I was, like, I, I was, like, living, I was, like, living in North Sydney. And then I was, like, I'm just going to drive to the Central Coast at, like, 11.30 at night. And I, like, drive up to Central Coast because, like, I knew it took, like, an hour and 20, hour and mm. 30. And then I just turn around, come back. And then I'd like end up going to bed at like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning because I was like I, by that time after that drive, doing like three hours in the car, I was exhausted. And then like, how did you support yourself? You say you struggled to find the work. Were you with the olds? Or were you living on your Afghan yeah. money? Um, no, I was living with um, I was living with my mum. Yeah, definitely. And I was like for the first year, um, I was pretty much just drinking. Yeah, like I just. I was just drinking to go to sleep and then, um, yeah, I was like, and then I would like, I'd put it up on Facebook. I'd be like, does anyone want to hang out? Cause like I will drive. Like I was, the, <laughs> the I was have car, we'll travel. Have yeah. car, yes. <laughs> I was like, I will meet up with anyone, anywhere, you name a place. I will be there. And like, I'd like people were like, yeah. Um, do you want to come over? I'm like, yeah. Where do you live again? 
yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll be there and like, I'll like type it into my nav man. Like, I'll be there an hour and 20. No problem. And yeah, it was also, and then like, eventually I did a, eventually I did my security course and I got onto that. Um, and then that was, that was just terrible idea because I was working front doors and stuff. And I, oh, I don't, how would I put this? I was just like, I was like down on myself. I'm like, why did I leave the army for this? Like, what am I doing? And then like part of it would be back like, oh, remember, remember how like shit it was? I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why I left. Um, Cause the problem, the problem that I found when I got out is I only remember the good times. And then it takes one of my veteran buddies to be like, hey, remember when this happened? And I'd be like, oh yeah, that was fucking shit. Why were we filling sandbags, emptying them out and then filling them back up again? Why were we doing that? I was just about to say when you were having your little epiphany on the door, we had a couple of retreads who had actually gotten out and then got back in. So guys who'd done whatever they want. There was a couple of guys who'd done trade. A lot of them were combat corps, went out to start their own thing and then went back in for a trade. And that was a the old the old hands used to say that one when you're doing something stupid pointless a lot of your time is they would say you only fucking remember the good times i remember this shit now yep that's <laughs> be like, if you're ever going to get out remember that you know like in a couple of years when you're thinking about getting back in you're only remembering the good because there's just a lot of good times yeah there's a lot of real good times i had a lot of great times great experiences that you know are worth worth lots to me but Fucking hell! I don't know. The balance of shit times is right up there too. Oh yeah, like when I when I think back to <laughs> nothing's it, nothing's free. Yeah, exactly. Um, you you joined the army. The army didn't join you. I remember hearing that one quite a bit. Whenever you're thinking about the like, well, some twenty two year old officer tells you that you're a fuckwit and you're a dumb cunt, um, and then he's telling your sergeant where to stick it, and your sergeant's like, yeah, okay, I do that. Yeah, this this reminds me a lot of fighting as well. Very similar, like in um, what aspect? Well, you've um, like you've got your team, you've got your teammates. Uh, you're all grinding it out together for this big mission, this big goal. Yeah. Um, and everything's in like eight to twelve week bursts, and then it's like basically you've got eight to twelve weeks to be like really disciplined and look forward to this massive event. So this is the most meaningful thing in your life. Yep. And then once that's over, you relax for like a month or so. Did you, would you, um, in your experience, would you all kind of like, have some time apart from each other or would you be like, all right, sweet, now it's downtime or? We'd, we'd always hang out no matter what. Uh, even after the fight? Like Absolutely. After like, the training camp? Everyone was really tight yeah, all okay. the time. Um, and then, but there was this, there was always this feeling of like. Um, What's next? Well, if, no, no, if you got injured, if you got injured and you were out of that sort of circle, you really, you felt really, really lonely. Mm. Like um, they're all going to war, and you're just yeah. staying home and sitting down. And and that that was definitely really hard because you always wanted to be a part of that. And then once I made the decision to like start separating myself from that, because um, it's chaotic, right? It's chaotic, and um, I didn't know how to live. Like at that point in my life, I didn't really know how to live. Like this is the one thing that I had. And when I moved on from that, I didn't, I didn't have anyone like who understood what it was like to be a fighter and, and not really have much of an education or not have much work experience. And, um, 
and yeah, I, I remember I remember coming out of Wesley and, and having my first job, and that was doing the car parts or something. Wasn't yeah, it? and I was like, my whole mindset was like, all right, I'm going to get back to fighting as soon as possible. Yeah. But ultimately, I think I knew I needed to get out of it, and then the like the drugs sort of helped me deal with not being in it. And then as soon as I got a little bit better, started getting a job. I'm like, this is shit. Can't wait to get back into fighting. Yeah. And it's only now where I'm at. Um, after having mad education, shout out to ACPE. They're really good for those people that don't have that plan B and they've put everything into their sport going there. They're able to find those pathways for you. And they, and they found me the perfect job and it's super meaningful and I'm, I'm changing lives and um, I'm, I'm super grateful for it. And I, I'm not, I'm no longer that, you know, 26 year old kid who's just living in chaos um, it's really good, man. I've got some structure, some balance, and I've got something I'm passionate about too. Yeah. Blowbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Getting it spat back in your mouth. Yeah, now yeah. you're not that 26-year-old mess. You're that 30-year-old copping, I'm still copping blowbacks. I'm still fucked. <laughs> nah, it's good, but. Yeah. So what's that, what's that APB? Is it like an agency? Employment? ACP. ACP. It's a, it's a university, man. Oh, sweet. So I signed up um, when I was in camp for my second fight. Um, in the education and connection I got in there was really good. I was part of an elite athlete program, quote unquote. I'm far from elite. You were doing your studies and we were talking about crocodile blood when I was doing my training. You remember that? Yeah. How's that coming along? I was talking about genetic engineering. Yeah. And I said, well, I need to work on my swimming. And yeah. you said, this might be just the thing. And I said, well, fuck. Yeah. So we're going to go like CRISPR and inject like crocodile blood yeah. into you. I was talking about yeah. gene editing. Talking about gene, gene editing, at CRISPR. Time. Yeah, yeah, that's still and that's still far from ready. Well, maybe like technically. They've, I mean, they've they've started doing it. I don't so, need to be able to swim that seven minutes in however yeah, many half four hundred meters well, anymore. But okay, so get this right. You've got your DNA, which is your genetic code. It's the instructions for the replication of every single cell in your body. So if you edit the instructions. You're not only changing your own genome, but you're changing the course of the human race. Because if you now replicate, yeah, that's where kid, the that's where the ethical dilemma lies. Yeah, if you now have a kid, you forever created that, something yeah. that will have that genome. Because there's two there's two um, DNA lines um, when you're doing this stuff. I watched something on it. So there's um, <laughs> so none of that. None of that. Uh, so there's um yeah there's two lines so there's the line that like you will pass it on to your kids and then there's the line that if you get this it'll just be it'll stay with you and then that's it well that that's that's genes that are dominant and recessive so a dominant gene is more likely to be replicated and it, and and you will feel the like red hair for example let's say you <laughs> Thoughts. Yuck. <laughs> let's say you've got the gene for red hair, but it's a recessive gene. It may not be passed on. But then let's say like you have two people with the recessive gene. Uh, they don't know they have it or whatever. It, it'll more than likely be passed on. Yeah. Yeah. So gene editing is still in its infancy. Yeah. I watched, um, I watched something on it on Netflix. Um, I'm really glad I've moved away from biohacking and all that sort of shit. Because um, I feel like people that are really into that, they're not really happy with themselves. Oh, dude, they're virgins. I, like, if you watch the documentaries on it, they're, like, not in a good place. They're, like, neckbeard fedora wearers. Yeah, it's it's. A they're, like, furries and stuff. Well, it's this whole thing of, like, hey, I'm not good enough. Let me improve myself so I can be. 
but it's like the, the easy way. It's definitely not easy, man. Like I tried it biochemically, and it was. Fun. But that's the pipe dream. Like the ones who are thinking, let me change my DNA. That's got to be thinking. Oh, this will be easier than yeah. Whatever yes. working, eating properly, so you can putting hard yards in. Yeah. So are you changing your DNA by recycling it in your mouth? <laughs> Unless you want a big black cock, there's no way to work that. You need the DNA spores yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, there's. Yeah. Fuck, it's a good thing you didn't have one of those. Yeah. In your fuck. experience, you would have choked. Oh, fucking hell. It's got to be more nut in one of those things, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a volume thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, you know those silicon fucking pumps? How you like, you press it and it comes out. Corking like gun, mate. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Corking gun. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like a fucking corking gun of silicon. Um, you know, yeah. you can get battery powered corking guns. No, that's You're going to have a nightmare about that tonight. Oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna wake up all sealed. It's <laughs> for the serious players, but yeah. But yeah, I um, right now I'm more into like fucking neuroscience, like neurobiology. I think that's pretty cool because like you can change, like you can change yourself just with your mind. I reckon that shit's powerful as fuck. Is that does that go on like the Wim Hof route? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that stuff. David Goggins, but then like what's actually happening. At, at, like at an electrical level, I was more. Th- cool. I was more thinking like the Wim Hof would be like the prime example. He, this guy, can influence his. He can influence his white blood cell count by his breathing. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he's changing. He's changing like the composition of his like his CO two to oxygen level, and he's like spiking. Um, like nitrogen in his brain and when you spike nitrogen in your brain and then you come down off it it's like a reset button yeah right. so like you know when people do nangs and stuff like that that's essentially I, what they're i doing. have no idea what that's like <laughs> yeah um no it's good shit man i mean there's another thing that i learned from this bloke. <laughs> <It's a nang-inator. laughs> oh my god there's Next a bloke to the shisha you let there's a bloke called dr don't andrew, open that cupboard dr andrew huberman shout out to dr andrew huberman he's got his own podcast and they worked out that just by moving your eyes left and right when you're in an anxious state, you can come out of it. And it's because when you're anxious or depressed, literally what happens in your brain is your field of view narrows. And it's almost like you go into tunnel vision. Yeah. And people in addiction will experience this too. You know that addiction when you're going to go use in tunnel vision you really don't want to but it's like you're going there it's no like a what. mental like not necessarily a vision like as you would think physically but it's like it's the it's, one it's, thing your thought your thought goes into tunnel vision 100 percent. absolutely yeah. and that's the same thing that happens in anxiety and depression yeah right and just by moving left and right um it interrupts it yeah you you because literally your, your tunnel vision not just mentally but like optical you are too so just doing that, you can tell your brain to like snap out of it. Pretty cool shit. It's like positive thinking, but... Well, you're using... And this is what Wim Hof was good at doing. He was good at using physiology to change his mental state. So a lot of people use their mental state to change so it's like physiology. positive thinking, taping, taking the hippie shit out of it. Positive thinking will change your physical state. But yeah. you can change your mental state by doing something physical. Just by looking around, it can change your mental state. So, it's the opposite of that. So, it, you can do either or, you know. Yeah, this guy climbed 
he he does a lot of things with like um cold water ice and stuff like that and like it's um it's been scientifically proven what he's doing is actually changing the his physiology his physiology yeah. of his body like he climbed mount everest parts of mount everest in shorts just shorts yeah and shoes that's it and like he was just doing he just stopped started doing handstands started doing all sorts of weird shit like on the like climbing up Everest, and he was well, good to go for another. Well, that's why when I go yeah, twenty minutes or whatever, when I go spearfishing, I don't take a wetsuit. And I went spearfishing last week when there was a massive storm on. I don't know if you if you remember that, but there was a massive storm on, and we jumped in the water, and it was sweet. Was this last week? This is last week. Yeah, bro. I was on the roof cleaning the fucking gutters out. I was at a nudist beach spearfishing. Well, guess where you want to be, <laughs> <laughs> bro? You'd think these blokes would have gone home or something, but they were dedicated, and I was I was almost brought to tears. By the level of passion these guys had for having their dicks out. <laughs> and you could tell which way the wind was blowing too. <laughs> but it wasn't going in their ears. No, no. It was mm. going straight to their nutsacks. <laughs> Getting the airflow <laughs> under the tape. And their fouries for the unlucky ones. Yeah. For the lucky ones. Heavily outnumbered on this table. Wind in the sails. <laughs> someone f- someone fluff Paul has got this windsock thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Apparently the Israelis... Um, not genetic engineering, but if you want to talk about, uh, they're creating different tissues. So, so they've created like a mock heart, like a little heart like that yeah. out of nothing um, through like... Um, Stem cells. Bio, bioengineering, right? So they engineer biological living tissue out of like cells and shit. So the Israelis, I think they've, they've made foreskins and shit like that. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> yes, <about> that's amazing. <laughs> like the first thing that they did. Yeah. I want my foreskin back. Yeah. Fuck you, system. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, there was a guy. There was a guy inside. I, I hope you were there when he was there. But we used to call him. I'm not going to say his name, but we used to call Five him Fast skin. Eddie. And big, um, big, bigger dude. Not a bigger dude. Came in and like came like this and he talked and he used to show his phone and like he had like all this. Uh, oh, I can see hidden smart cameras and stuff like that on my phone and. He had like VR goggles. No, but I he came back for an outgroup and you were telling me about it. Yeah. So this guy, he came in and one of the first things he said to us is like, yeah, I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu and uh, I've got a friend. He's a commando. He can run four and a half Ks while holding his breath. Yes. Was he actually a jiu-jitsu black no. belt? Because no. there's, there's not and, many of those. And he, by did, the way. and he had no friends. By the way, you can't <laughs> run four and a half Ks without holding your breath. Think about that for a second, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are you going to do that? I don't, I don't know. But that, well, that's wild. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the c- cells require oxygen to work. Yeah. yeah this so- is this is almost like the tale of Billy Bankstown. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. Fuck. We had a guy that uh, he told us he could kill someone with one slap, but they'd only get seven <laughs> years because they fell. It's not murder. And he's like, and he's, he was just eating a camel snack pack and he's like, <laughs> but oh, the- I've only hit my wife twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy oh, was man. a loose unit. And oh, what else did he say? Um, oh, he's like, he's typical. Like, you hear this in security a lot. Brother, when I say red, bodies hit the floor. What was his name? Billy Bankstown. Shout out to Billy Bankstown if you're listening inside, mate. Hope you get out one day sooner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> one way or another. Yeah. Well, he's mostly a prisoner in his yeah. own mind. Yeah. <laughs> that, that fast Eddie bloke was good. He slapped a pair of VR goggles on me when I was in rehab and it was fucking sick, man. 
and he uh, he told me my like Chinese star signs and shit. And oh, very good. I remember he got my Nerf bullet, and he like he's like, mate, get a toothpick, dip it in poo, <laughs> stick it through your Nerf gun, biological death weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was cooked. Yeah. Well, that's what the Vets used to do. So, shit, shit in the bungee pits. Yeah, shit. So when the Vets during the Vietnam War would make those sharpened bamboo pits, they'd shit and piss in it, so it became septic. Yeah, that's why I keep sticks away from Coach Alex. <laughs> yeah. Mate, he's left sticks in the bathroom again. Yeah. What's he doing? Yeah, bro. How long you had this thing for? Saw you parading it around today. Um, probably two months now, man. It's been a beautiful two 600 months. Six hundred bucks or something. Five hundred re- bucks. Does it record it? Is that? Or is that it? Out, you got a line out of that? No. So this does everything. It, it, it can power these two separate levels. We've got samples. Um, we can even hook this up to remote call someone and have them on the podcast. Oh. It's portable. It's fucking great, man. Podtrack P4. Well, it's the size of a pack of cigarettes. So I'd be surprised if it wasn't portable. Yeah. I'd be very shocked. Shout out to Zoom. <laughs> it's amazing, man. You boys want to get something to eat? Yeah, man. Um, I could do that. Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so hey, much for having me. Bro, we'll really fucking really have you on again. We'll have you on again anytime. Oh, inducted underscore music on Instagram. Hectic. Search inducted on SoundCloud. I'll get on your Spotify's. Probably the, the easiest way to find it. Spotify, That's what all the cool Spotify. kids are doing. That's it. Bro. But if yeah. you go to the Instagram, you'll you'll find it. You'll link tree. You see me. My ugly head. And we'll head suit head suit of the podcast. And we'll, we'll help you guys find that too. Yeah, definitely. Thank we'll you. definitely tag you in it. Um and yeah. Well, it's, thanks for having me it's and been um, fun. Yeah. and yeah, good luck with this. It's thanks, it's bro. awesome. It's good to is, see. Has you, there been bro. a link? Is there a link to your OnlyFans as well? No, nah, I keep that one separate. Yeah, That's sweet, on my Facebook. Right. Yeah, mad. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you so much, dude. Good night, lads. No worries, cheers, boys. <laughs>